With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today. At LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. This podcast is brought to you by... No one. We're on a run. Come on. Tom, do you know what that was? That was a smooth operator. Smooth operation. Carlos, check the radio. We seem to have picked up some dodgy music channel again. Welcome back, welcome back to the Parking in My Ferme show. We have a huge show for you today as we look at the top five drivers that deserved a championship that never got one. The calendar is set, kind of, for the 2021 F1 season and Cyril's unexpected departure from Renault and more importantly, what about the tattoo? Hamilton's contract talks, Sao Paulo GP already in trouble only weeks after signing the contract extension and much, much more. But let's bring in the man of the hour, big master sexy, David Croft. Take it away, Crofty. It's lights out and away we go. Once a week, one man emerges from the pit lane to deliver all the news, discussion, and results of Formula One. Well, that time has arrived. Sit back, relax, for the Park It In My Ferme show. Here is your host, Colby. That is Right, it is I, ladies and gentlemen, Caldy, a.k.a. the Caldipotamus, a.k.a. the Thirsty Yeti, a.k.a. Big Master Sexy. My ferme is open, nice and wide for you to park it. So come on in and welcome to the Park It In My Ferme show, the show where we talk all things Formula One. And we have a monstrous, colossus, gigantic, humongous, mammoth, huge show for you all today just because there is no season going on at the moment it doesn't mean that there isn't a lot happening in the world of formula one we will discuss cyril's quick departure from renault why Lewis hamilton hasn't signed his contract yet what's going on in brazil with the sao paulo gp and interlagos 
And of course, the F1 2021 season calendar just got a little bit clearer, but that's not all. We'll also dive back in and have a look at the top five drivers that deserved a championship and never won one. And of course, if you ever miss an episode of Park It In My Fermay Show, you can always catch up on the website, parkitinmyfermay.com. Make sure you subscribe on whatever platform you listen on iTunes, Spotify, Overcast, Google Podcasts, and many, 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 many more. And head over to the Facebook page. Give us a like and a little bit of a follow. Slide into the DMs if you are so inclined. I'll be sitting back waiting and welcoming the intruders. But now, it's time for the news. Okay, let's start by talking the 2021 Formula One calendar. It just made itself a little bit clearer with a bit of a shuffle from the FIA with some big, big changes recently. As we are all too aware, we are still in a global pandemic and the Rona causing a lot of grief and concerns. Countries have extremely severe restrictions to try and contain the virus, Australia being one of them. Although it is likely a Grand Prix would have been allowed to go ahead in Melbourne for the opening race of the season, the quarantining that the Australian and the Victorian government would have imposed meant that the Formula One teams and personnel wouldn't be allowed to travel freely and would be limited with their movements. It's just made more sense to move it to November, which isn't a bad move. It has been some time since the Australian GP has been held late in the year, not since the Grand Prix seasons that used to end in Adelaide back in the mid-90s, 1995 to be precise. Also a good chance to see a race in Australia where the title can be decided as well with only, I think it's going to be only a few races left to go after the Australian Grand Prix. So if Hamilton's on again could see him crowned in Australia, which would always be nice. I mean, obviously, Danny Rick would be the one I'd want to see. But uh, anyway, I'll be making sure I head over and make sure you do as well if you can. But does see Bahrain take over the pole position for the 2021 season? A circuit that has had two unforgettable races last year. And fingers crossed that they can replicate that this time around, maybe with a little less fire. But anyway, the excitement was there with Melbourne being inserted in November. It does push the Abu Dhabi back, race back to the 12th of December. So that means fans are treated to an early Christmas present as well. And speaking of gifts, Imola, she's back, baby. The historic fan favorite track returns and we are off to Italy on the 18th of March. So nice and early on, we saw the action return to Imola in 2020 season with Lewis Hamilton getting his 93rd win in Mercedes their seventh straight constructors championship and it was very exciting news to see this race return not only just as a last minute track to put together a pandemic win season but my god it was just fantastic to see it let's have a listen to the celebrations of Mercedes and being back at Imola once more it's seven consecutive Constructors' Championships for Mercedes. They win here in Imola. Get in there, Lewis. That is it, mate. Mercedes AMG Patrona seven times. Seven times, mate. What a great way to seal that. Oh, guys. What an incredible achievement for all of you. I'm so proud of everybody. Thank you, thank you, thank you. 
And speaking of pandemics, the Chinese GP is still under a cloud as the FIA and the Chinese promoters still negotiate how they can get a race to go ahead. I would like to see them come out with some sort of negotiation so we can get some racing underway in China once more. As I was a fan of that very unique circuit, although most likely if it were underway it would just be dominated by Mercedes, it is one of those races similar to the Malaysian GP where weather plays a huge factor in the race and we saw just how exciting that was with the Turkish GP last season. And finally, more speculation over that big fat TBC that you see on the calendar right there. That the F1 calendar for the upcoming season, it's going to be Portimao is leading the charge, which hosted the Portuguese Grand Prix back in 2020, is believed to be under heavy consideration. Another option is to hold a second race in Barcelona, the Circuit de Catalunya which is already hosting the Spanish GP on May 9th. So it would be a little back-to-back -back there if uh, Spain got that one as well. But I do believe it'll probably go to Portuguese. Well, Portugal, sorry, for the Portuguese Grand Prix. They did a fantastic showing last year, and I think they'll be pretty hard done by if they don't get the nod once more. Wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry, were we just doing the news? without the proper music no 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 no. we need to stop i can't keep doing this with this ridiculous music need my news reading music come on in whistle man oh that's a little bit better oh that is a little bit better because we have a lot more news to go now big news breaking only a day or so ago cyril abati oh my gosh a, a bit about a bit of bow that's how I'm saying it, has left Renault immediately in the move that has shocked the F1 world. After taking over the role as team principal back in 2016 at Renault's relaunch in the F1 championship, he has now stepped down. With the team changing brands again and launching in 2021 as Alpine, Cyril will step down immediately and is set to be replaced by Laurent Rossi. Although that hasn't been confirmed yet, he is most likely going to be the one stepping in to the shoes. The one thing on everyone's mind, however is what does this mean for Cyril's tattoo? Did Cyril leave to avoid getting the tattoo? Has Danny Ricky boy cost Cyril his job by outperforming his car during the 2020 season? Oh, these are all things we need to ask ourselves, boys and girls. But this is what Cyril had to say. I would like to thank the group Renault for having trusted me for many years, particularly with the relaunch and reconstruction of the team since 2016. The solid foundations of the racing team and the entities in France and England built over these years, the strategic evolution of the sport towards a more economically sustainable model, and more recently the Alpine project which, provide, which provides a renewed sense of meaning and dynam, dynamism, all point to a very fine trajectory. So thank you Cyril. He was certainly one of the more interesting characters in Formula 1 and the rivalry between him and Christian Horner was gripping television and it's a shame to see that leave the sport. But we must move on. More news, huge news week. A couple of weeks ago we mentioned that the Brazilian GP will cha be changed and called the Sao Paulo GP and after only re just receiving a five-year contract, the FIA and Formula 1 with the FIA and Formula 1, a judge in Sao Paulo has stepped in and put a hold on that contract. The concern is that Sao Paulo, home of the Interlagos track, will not have the finances to fund the race for the next five years. 
as this is funded exclusively by the city and not the Brazilian government. The judge is worried that the city would not be able to support the race and didn't want to see the contract be terminated halfway through its term. Now, although the FIA have made no changes to the calendar around the race in Brazil, that doesn't mean that any of the races in the 2021 season are set in stone, as many of the races have been subject to change with everything that's going on in the world. But at this stage, the Sao Paulo GP is scheduled to go ahead on the 7th of November, and it should, as it should be, that is one of the premier races with such a rich racing tradition there at Interlagos. And the Brazilians, they know how to celebrate at a racetrack. That would be fantastic to go and see. And finally, we've got to talk about it. Lewis Hamilton still hasn't signed his contract. Should Mercedes be concerned? When every other seat is filled and the one that isn't is that of the seven-time driver's champion. Last report was that Sir Lewis Hamilton was seeking $50 million a year as well as a 10% of race prize money. Some that would blow any other racing contract out of the water. He was already the largest or the highest paid driver in the field by the contract. By this contract would only drive a wedge between him and the field even further. The question is, is he worth the money? Well, of course he is. Don't take my word for it. Let's listen to Maxi Boy, Max Verstappen at the moment is does Mercedes actually need a big buck superstar like Lewis to lock out the front row of the grid and possibly even win the race a 1-2? How do you suggest we answer that one? Who would like to start? Max, why don't we start with you? Of course you do. Because he will make the difference in the most crucial moments. That's why he's a seven-time world champion. Thank you. The man brings so much exposure to the sport, and not only that, he brings those viewers to the Mercedes brand, the car, and the sponsors. Mercedes should be doing all they can to sign Hamilton, even though they have built a car that nearly anyone can drive. Not everyone can put the bums on the seats like the seven-time champ. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is all the news we've got for you today. Thank you, guys. What do you think? Do you think that was a... Uh... Smooth operator. <laughs> smooth operator. Operator. I think that was the smoothest operation of my life. <laughs> yeah, man, you sent them. Now it is time to have a look at the top five drivers that never won a driver's championship. I was looking at Lewis Hamilton's championship last week when I was debating who the greatest of all time was between him and Michael Schumacher and Ayrton Senna as well. And if you haven't heard that debate and argument, I suggest you go and check out episode 8 after this one. But when looking at Lewis's championships, in particular 2008, the first championship, I didn't feel happy or excited for Hamilton. I felt frustrated and sympathy for Felipe Massa in front of the home crowd who won the final race of the season. And lost the Drivers' Championship because Lewis Hamilton passed Timo Glock on the final few corners of the race. Timo Glock chose the wrong tyres. Well, his team did at least. And when the rain started pissing down, it meant that a number of drivers were able to pass Glock, including Hamilton. Hamilton needed to finish sixth or better. He managed to finish fifth in the race. He won the championship over Massa by one point. So, so I decided then. I sat back and I thought, who else has been an incredibly unlucky streak in Formula 1. What other drivers deserve championships and never were able to win the crown? 
So it's now time for Cody's Top 5. Here are the top five drivers in Formula 1 that never won a world driving championship. Now before we start, I'm going to tell you a little bit of a story. A lot of you will know this, but a lot of you won't. When it comes to this list, it's mostly about being in the right place at the right time. These drivers didn't have the luxury. It was all about timing. See, Michael Schumacher, Lewis Hamilton, Sebastian Vettel, Fernando Alonso all had that. They got the right team, the right car, the right teammate at the right time. There was no one else in the field challenging them too greatly with a car that could keep up. It's similar to Australia's first ever gold medal at the Winter Olympics. Yes, that's right. Australia does have athletes that compete at the Winter Olympics. But we had never won a medal. Not a gold medal. And we had a speed skater. He went on to win gold in Utah. He was not the fastest. He was not the most talented. Or the best skater. But it was all about being in the right place at the right time. Now in the semi-final, to make the final of the Winter Olympics, Stephen Bradbury was falling behind. He was sitting dead last when the entire field ahead of him fell over, allowing Bradbury to win and make it through to the final. But surely history wouldn't repeat itself, would it? Well, the exact same thing happened again. He was nearly half a lap down going into that final lap of the race. Everyone else fell over and he took home the gold medal, the first one for Australia. He was in the right place at the right time. If he was up there with the rest of the field, he would have fallen over as well. But here are the drivers that were in the wrong place at the wrong time. Timing is everything in Formula 1. They time your laps. They time your race. They time your sectors. They time your pit stops. So timing has got everything to do with it. When you're in the seat against who you're against. Now these are a list of all the drivers who never won a world championship. But were most deserving of it. And very, very unlucky. Honorable mention goes to Dan Kearney, Carlos Olutaman, Felipe Massa, Rubens Barrichello and Bruce McLaren. I mean Bruce created the juggernaut that was McLaren. And the man never went on to win a championship. His team, however, went on to win eight Constructors Championships, so I guess that's something. But let's get started. Number five. Five. I mean, some would argue that the list of drivers I just read out would deserve it over this guy, but he's got a special place in my heart. Number five, Mark Webber. The Red Bull number two driver had an amazing career. I remember watching the first win he had in Monaco and thinking, this is it. This is the turning point for Mark Webber and the drought of F1 Australian World Champions is over. But then along came Seb. Sebastian Vettel would push his way into the championship picture and rightly so. He was young and the kid could flat out drive. He didn't care who he offended as long as he was winning the races and getting all the accolades. But in 2010, there was five different race winners that season. This has got to be one of the most exciting seasons of Formula 1. The championship came down to the very last race. In the end, Sebastian Vettel did come out on top for Red Bull with Mark finishing third, but the top five drivers, sorry, the top four drivers were only separated by 16 points. 
what was one of the more interesting seasons in Formula One. But it was in 2013, however, where Mark Webber and his relationship with Red Bull and his teammate were done. Seb ignored the team orders that year when told not to pass Mark Webber and to hold on to second place. Vettel went on to pass Webber, nearly causing multiple accidents and eventually winning the race. The post-race winner's room was one of the more interesting ones you'll ever see. Mark was visibly upset and reiterated the team orders to Vettel that were told to him during the race over and over. Let's hear the audio from that now. Oh, Sebastian, it needs to give him the space, hold position. This is silly, Seb, come on. Okay, Mark, he was told. He was told. Sebastian. I was really scared. Good job, Sebastian. Good job. Looked like you wanted it bad enough. Uh, still, there'll be some explaining to do. 2021, sir. Yeah, multi 21. In the end, Seb made his own decisions today and will have protection as usual, and that's the way it goes. I put myself above that decision today. Uh, I didn't mean to. I can only, you know, say sorry, apologise. Um, I know it might sound very dull now to Mark and to the team, but it's, it's the truth. Mark never got the chance to challenge for the title and retired on nine Grand Prix wins. It's not bad for a number two driver. Fantastic guys, not bad for number two driver. Number four, David Coulthard, DC. He had a magnificent career in Formula One, replacing Senna in 94. He managed to podium and in his first full seasons with Williams in 95, he managed to get a win at the Portuguese GP. And it was a fairly unreliable car as well, and that's what made it all the more impressive was when he went on to finish third in the Drivers' Championship that year. So everything was looking good for DC. But it was really a case of wrong place at the wrong time as his career started with McLaren in 96 and finished in 2004. Now, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of another driver that was around that same time. It was a very dominating era for Ferrari and Michael Schumacher. He finished third three times in 97, 98 and 2000, as well as a second in 2001 to Mickey the Shoe. In 97 and 98, though, McLaren was sore success with Mika Hakkinen winning the Drivers' Championships that year, denying Schumacher. But because of reliability of the car for DC, however, he only managed to secure a third and a fourth in the case of wrong place at wrong time, if his career was either 10 years later or 10 years earlier, he would have at least had one Drivers' Championship trophy to his name. The man had 13 wins, 62 podiums, zero championships. Three. Number three, Didier Peroni. Ferrari 
supported this man early on in his career. Enzo Ferrari, the man himself, wanted him desperately to drive the red car, and in 1981, he got that opportunity. But it was in the 1982 season where Didier had the opportunity for the Drivers' Championships. He led the championship by nine points after 11 races, and at the Belgium Grand Prix, he decided to sit out the Grand Prix to pay respects to his teammates, Villeneuve, after he died during qualifying that weekend. His luck didn't change later on that year. when the, In the German Grand Prix, it was in a wet race, and despite qualifying fastest, he had to contend with a slow Alan Prost, who wasn't handling the car that well in the wet, and when Prost slammed on the brakes, it caused Didier to fly nearly 200 feet and come crashing down nose first, crushing both of his legs. After numerous surgeries, he was never able to build the strength up in his legs enough to race again. Enzo honoured Didier by constructing his own specially designed cup and placing it next to him on the hospital that read Didier Peroni, the true 1982 World Drivers Champion. Kiki Rosberg went on to win the championship and Ferrari lost two promising drivers that year, both never winning a championship in their lives. Two. Number two. Jackie Ikes, the man could do it all. Jackie Ikes won the Bathurst 1000, the Can-Am Championship, the Dakar Rally, eight Formula One Grand Prix, and many, many more. He even won multiple 24-hour LeBrons. He managed to get on the podium 25 times in his 10-year career, but the championship eluded him. In 1970, it was his best season. He had one hand on the title, He nearly had it, nearly winning it, but fell agonizingly short by a mere five points. In the Italian GP, the leader in the championship was Jochend Lewind. He unfortunately lost his life in a fatal crash. Ixt was ready to push to the championship. There were three races left, and he just needed 26 points from a possible 29 to eclipse Rind to get past his tally of 45 points. Unfortunately, Ixt was only able to manage 21 of the 26 points and thus making rinse. The only Formula 1 World Championship winner to have died in the same season. One. Number one. This will be number one on everyone's list. Sir Sterling Moss. When doing a list of drivers unlucky... To never win a title. The man is on top of everyone's list. Sir Sterling Moss, he truly is the greatest driver to never win an F1 championship. He's won the most races without a championship with 16 wins. What's so incredible about this is those 16 wins came in only 67 races. He managed to finish second four consecutive times and then third three consecutive times. He lost the 1956 championship to Fangio by only three points and two years later lost by a single point to Mike Hawthorne. He was a different breed. He would race cars in different championships, sometimes on the same day. He had that need for speed and was one of the best all-round drivers in racing history. Great with the sports cars and the Formula 1 cars. He was a fan favourite and everyone in Britain loved and revered him but retired only at the age of 32 after a nearly fatal crash that sent him into a coma for nearly a month. It was in 1962, and thus he is the greatest driver to never, ever win a driver's championship. 
And they are the top five drivers to race without winning a championship. I'm sure that a lot of you will have some disagreements there, but putting Sterling Moss at number one, no one, and I mean no one, can argue with that. Well, that is going to do it for another week. Thank you so much for stopping by and checking out the Parker in My Ferme Show. The show for all things Formula One, that is. If you've missed any episodes, make sure you subscribe and follow. Go to parkitinmyfermate.com to catch up on all the episodes. Like the Facebook page, slide into the DMs like Pastor Maldonado slides into a barrier and I'll be sitting back waiting for you. I can't wait till next week. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for listening. Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.